friends, welcome to Palin' Around, the official Your Geeky Gal Pal podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. My name is Caitlin, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host Sam. Hey, I'm Sam. Nice to be here. And also joining me, our other lovely co-host, Jess. Hi, guys. All right. Uh, so, real quick, a new fun thing that we're going to do at the top of the show for the next little while. Uh, we've, we we got we got some reviews on the show on iTunes. And Ooh. so, you know, just want to shout out the some of the lovely stuff that we've gotten. Maybe, you know, encourage maybe maybe you also send a review and maybe we read it on the show. That'd be cool and good for everybody. I hope um, they're sweet. Yeah, only so. review if you have something good to say though. <laughs> 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 Rather, we don't want to hear it if not just just go anyone away. that has anything bad to say can bring it up on twitter i will fight i am see i'm very sensitive if you have something bad to say just ignore me for the rest of my, your life and that's that's how we deal with our problems okay <laughs> okay so this one that we have it's titled bless and it's from username flying mayonnaise it's five stars thank you for that gotta rate and review and the review says, uh, this show satisfies my urge for all the insightful conversations I want to have in the video games class I'm taking, but can't because of dumb men. A plus plus plus. So thank you for Aww. that. That's exactly the kind of the goal. So we are very excited and grateful for that review. Um, so if you would like to have your review possibly read on the show, uh, do one on iTunes <laughs> and we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, but yeah. Also, we have some other business uh, to attend to before we get into the uh, main topic of the show, uh, which is, if my Twitter will load here. Um, so before this, we started recording, uh, we ran a poll. Oh my god, get out. <laughs> I thought you were no, <laughs> yes. we're not. Oh my god. We're doing this, Monty. <laughs> Sam. Sam. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. Oh my god. Um, so a certain a certain uh, co-host on this sh- program uh, sent out a tweet today uh, that I have a screenshot of said tweet because I died when I saw it. Um, one one Sam at 3ds boy today at 4:29 p.m. my time uh, tweeted Krampus Junkrat is hot and it's true and I will die on this hill. I saw this skin and I freaked out. I was like, this man looks so good. Well, the, uh... The horns! Uh, the chest hair coming out of that. Oof. Oh my god. Oh man. So, uh, I, I, I was gonna do the poll that we had talked about before, last episode, about, like, do you care if voice actors are in video games? But this is obviously a way more important d- discussion. Obviously. Absolutely. So, I ran a poll asking, uh... Is he hot? Is Krampus Junkrat hot? Okay, who won? And... I haven't even seen the poll. Oh, well... I voted... Like, <laughs> this first... is going to be a live reaction of Sam finding out what the results of the poll. So 44 people voted, and the end result was 52% hell yeah, baby. Oh. Wow. So she won. Yes. This there was a moment good. there where it was tied, and there was a moment where no, you know, was in the, in the lead, but... Sam is going to die on this hill, and I guess she'll be victorious. I have the crown. I'm happy. (laughs) You know, 
even though I voted no in that poll, I oh, have to well, say this is too, a victory. Jess. <laughs> this is a victory for horniness, okay? For the record, I also voted no, but you know, you live your life. It's fine. Okay. 52% of people yeah, are on you, my you, side. I mean, so this says something about 52% of these folks. I don't know what it says, but it sure says something. It's the horns, I'm telling you. Just stick any horns in somebody and they'll be like, hmm, I'll think about it. So that's what I need to do. I need some horns. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Horns for everyone. Horns for everyone. Uh, does it have to be... So what if it's just one horn? Does it have to be two horns for it to be, like, sexy? Oh, my God. I'm not sure. I know, like, with a lot of fan art that I've seen at conventions, I know there's, like, history behind, like, the number of horns. Like, there's the one in the middle of the forehead. There's, like, one with, like, three. It's, like, some weird shit. But for me, if you got, like, those those ram-looking horns, hell, yeah. Do, ooh, line, do you like them curved? D- yes. <laughs> Hit my DMs. <laughs> well, Sam, I just need you to take the picture of Jugrat Krampus and just tweet it with just if you look like this, slide into my DM. Oh my god, yes. I'm gonna do that later. Holy shit. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Okay, you know what though? Um, I have to, before we move on, I have to ask Caitlin, mm-hmm. what is your weirdest uh, video game crush? Like, I want you to dig deep. I want you to like, just like go into those dark places that you like <sighs> shut the door and like didn't want to go like back I'm to. So basic when it comes to this kind of shit. I'm really trying to think of one that's like weird. Um, what video games have I played out of the four video games that I've played? <laughs> um, oh my gosh! No, I I posted on like the KF group, and uh, there were some weird ones. It was like a hundred comps. There's some weird ones. It was wild. It was like, you guys are attracted to this pixels? Get out of here. <laughs> I'm drawing such a blank. I'm trying I feel like there must be some kind of like fucked up monster lady that I've been into. Oh yeah. But I can't think of any video games that that like translates to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Ah. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like the mother from Dragon Age Awakening was not a crush because she was horrifying, but I feel like it's in that vein. It was an attraction. It, she wasn't, she, cause she wasn't scary sexy. The mouth thing was just really scary. You were, you were thinking about it before. You're like, hmm, hmm. I feel like there's gotta be like some awful horror game villain that I'm not thinking of. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna get back to you on this. Yeah. I'm gonna really think about it and try to remember at least like one video game that I've played and I will you just gotta the whole time that we're discussing serious topics and ethics just mull it over just just be thinking about uh those hot pixels yeah I just I'm so basic you know I just like it's like like I was like oh Morinth but I'm like no everyone would guess Morinth that's obvious like that's not weird for me Oh, you know who I liked growing up? I liked Max from, like, an extremely goofy movie. I was like, oh, heck me too. yes. He was cute. Monty has a fucking type, and it's emerging. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked Max, too. He's just that personality. It was great. He was bold. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. And he was, like, a little bit of a troublemaker, but a good guy. It's like, ooh, we got a little spice in you. got a pinch of spice. 
Oh my god. But yeah, I'm very happy that I won this poll. I I will take my trophy. Yeah, no, this is it, baby. You won. You did it. I think that we need to actually make Sam a trophy. (laughs) As the losers, I do think you and I need to 50-50 go in on a trophy. Yeah, probably. Because we neither of us neither of us believed in her. No. Both of us actually actively worked against her. (laughs) (laughs) As good Um, friends do. Yep. Cannot believe it's fun. I'll hang that trophy at my work desk, and I'll everyone <laughs> will be forever confused. Can we put horns on the trophy? Oh Holy my god! Shit. Yes. they'll be horrified. Like, what the fuck is this? I already have like anime shit on the desk, and they're just like, okay, all right. God, oh, I would man. give anything to watch you explain that trophy to them. Oh my god! I don't even talk to them as like as like that much. Like they'll come to my desk and be like, "What do you want?" So if they ever come and just ask questions, I'm just gonna like fumble over and be like, "Uh, mm, well, it's, it's well, inter- you see, <laughs> it's an internet joke. You wouldn't get it." My friends made this for me because they love me so much. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, what should we talk about today, guys? <laughs> I like that Sam is framing this as if we don't pick the topic and research it, like, weeks in advance. <laughs> hmm. We're totally oh. winging this. <laughs> Gotta wing everything. Um, I mean, this whole front end has just been nonsense that <laughs> I, I came up with it within the past six hours, so, you know. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, where to start on this one? It's a lot. Yeah, it sure is. So, there's been a couple things leading up to this, I guess. But basically, uh, when was it? I have it pulled up. When was this tweet a Rooney here? The tweet. It was on December 1st. So, Jason Schreier on December 1st tweeted out a screenshot of like a reddit post that he put because somebody asked him why he won't just tell everybody what he's so the tweet just i'm just gonna read the tweet so the tweet says someone on reddit asked me why i won't just tell people what i've heard about rock city's next game and i accidentally wrote a novel so i figured i'd share it here too so then he posted like a screenshot of his reddit response um and i'm not gonna read the whole thing because it is a novel as he says it's really fucking long um but so the the short ver- so the short version is really the first paragraph, which is um, the short version is I used to be of the belief that a reporter should share absolutely everything they hear with readers, so long as it's true and interesting and no- newsworthy. I guess I still believe that, but my definition of quote unquote newsworthy has evolved a bit over the years. I no longer see a lot of value in spoiling game announcements just for the sake of spoiling game announcements, and often I worry that it can do more harm than good. And then he goes on and on and talks about how, like, basically, um, he wants to report on stuff that he thinks matters, like, um, game companies, like, if they're being bought or, like, if there's stuff going on, like, with Activision, um, he wrote a story about Activision's influence on, like, what's been going on with Diablo and, um, that kind of stuff. And he even kind of referenced, like, his expose on Red Dead and the labor stuff that went on with them, which we talked about in episode one. Um, and so he's basically just saying, like, yo, I don't think that 
telling people what a game is is really like that worthwhile unless there's something more to the story than just what it is and he even says something about like oh if i found it it was a multiplayer only game i probably would be telling you um some wild stuff this is yeah well it's it's interesting to me i guess because when jess suggested this topic i had been taking a twitter break that weekend so i didn't see it um when it first came out and um i guess the thing that's interesting to me is like the amount of like thought and like what's the word i'm looking for kind of like agonizing over this idea that came of this just because to me like i'm kind of with him like i'm i'm 100% with him like i don't think that revealing a game just to reveal it is like anything that's worthwhile or interesting honestly like i could totally see why if you knew what what rocksteady was working on like why you would want to report it for the clicks um because that's how digital media works but i don't like in and of itself like as someone who writes it and i'm not a news person so maybe that factors into it but like i don't find that to be interesting or like worth a story um and i feel like that should be just kind of how it is but i guess not um and two he talks about how he's not 100 percent sure what it is um but he's jason schreier so like i bet he probably actually is right or pretty close to being right yeah usually well most of the time he definitely is i, I don't recall a time when he's not wrong i mean sorry when he's not right and i think that part of that is because of how like I don't, I feel like withholding implies that he's, like, constantly in that state and, like, that's who he is as a person. But, like, withholding of, like, things that he's not 100% certain of. And I think that that kind of ties into that. It's, like, when you report on speculation, you could potentially damage your credibility. And when you're somebody who's as credible as him, like, where's the, you know, and he didn't even really bring that up. He was kind of just more talking about, like, his personal feelings, like, the kind of ethics behind it. But it's, like... Why risk your credibility if you are not completely certain of what's going to happen? Because, like, people people will run with it, you know? Well, yeah, and especially because I think, like, I, I this is 100% just stuff that I've kind of seen around the grapevine. There are people who already feel questionable about him, mm-hmm. not as far as being a journalist, like, in his, not his ethics in, how, like, being right or wrong factually, but a lot of people feel like some of the ways that he covers things, especially when it comes to marginalized folks, are, like, not ideal and can honestly be harmful at times. And again, this is not stuff that I'm 100% aware of or, like, educated on. It's just kind of, you know, how Twitter is where, like, you see people kind of say things, but they don't fully explain them or yeah. things like that or their conversations that are happening in scenes that I'm not a part of necessarily um but I do want to kind of put that out there just because I think it's important whenever we talk about people on here that we're kind of acknowledging those sorts of things mm-hmm. um so there's that but like going into what Jess said if you already have people who are kind of questioning how you're doing things I think it would be pretty fucking stupid to not be covering your ass in every other way you can. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I also just, I don't know, and this is something where, like, maybe I have different thoughts than maybe some people. Um, I just don't really like 
I don't know. See, and I feel like this is like, so, you know, obviously I'm like a journalism major. So I, I feel like you're told the rules and you'll t- you're told what you have to do. And like, you really kind of have to avoid being like free publicity or PR for any sort of company or being on like the company's side in any sort of way. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be like that fourth estate, like, you know, for the people. Um, but I just really don't see any joy or necessity in like spoiling things at all it's like i i like some of the stuff like for instance like laura kate dale does but at the same time like the shit she did with nintendo like really bothers me and i don't know it just it it seemed like unnecessary unnecessary spoiling of things and ruining like the thousands of hours that thousands of people put into yeah of work people put into into making something so yeah well and it's interesting because like on the one hand, I don't think that anyone owes any company shit. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to find out or someone, especially if someone from inside the company leaks something to you, like, I don't think that you owe anyone anything about that. Um, that being said, like, again, I don't really see the value in it, especially because, too, there's the other side of this coin, which is I think is really interesting and, again, indicative of, like, how fucking weird gaming culture is, mm-hmm. where there was a whole big article from Kotaku talking about how, um, talking about the Smash leaks that happened. Um, and because, you know, like, the soundtrack got leaked and the whole game got leaked. Um, People like, were two playing weeks the early. game, yeah, two weeks before it was out. Yeah, but and there's a quote that I pulled from this article, which is uh, I believe the co- the title of it is just full copy of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate leaks two weeks early. Um, but there's a quote from this that says pirating video games is illegal. But what's angering Smash fans more than law breaking is the fact that the leak is taking the air out of Smash Ultimate's December release. Without the experience, without experiencing the game's features and hidden content orig- organically, I almost said originally. Uh, fans feel that the sanctity of their gaming experience could be violated should they stumble upon some spoiler-ridden Reddit thread or tweet. And it's like, okay, so you want Jason Schreier to spoil the surprise of what Rocksteady is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever Rocksteady's new thing is, which it should be Catwoman, and I'll be pissed if it's not. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if people do get their hands on stuff and are putting it out, then it's a big fucking deal and everybody's pissed yeah then you're spoiling it yeah which i mean i get because it's a whole ass game versus like a game announcement yeah they just they're they're all pick and choosy about it it's like no you you either just i i'd stand by like just waiting for the game of course like spoilers always gonna be super like tempting but just like wait for the game this whole smash thing was like super disappointing and i'm sure Mm -hmm. like the people who worked so hard are just like, are you fucking kidding me? But, you know, I'm not going to speak for them. But, yeah, it's like they're pick and choosy about certain things. And it's it makes the whole thing so confusing. Gaming, gaming culture is so fucking weird. It's like, I think that something that frustrates me is I feel like... I've, I don't know. I've always kind of aligned with more like... Like what I want to do in the future is more create things so i think i have natural like empathy towards people who do create and stuff like that in that regard and so it seems like to go in there and to to leak this game two weeks before it comes out when you have all of these people who like poured themselves into this and like had so much there was so much heart involved in that and like so much work and so much uh, like 
just time and devotion. It just sucks. Like, I can't imagine, like, and, and like Sam said, I'm not going to speak for anyone, but I would be fucking devastated. Mm-hmm. I would be devastated if, like, especially, like, smaller companies, too. I mean, it's not going to happen as much with smaller companies because, like, they, they don't have, like, the hype and, like, the excitement. Like, they don't have that behind them, like, Nintendo and that brand recognition, you know? But it's, like, imagine working on something and then having all of that thunder and all of that, like, I don't know. It's just taken away from you. It sucks. Like, I I would hate that. And so I just, I don't feel like, I, I get from the journal's perspective why you would think that that's a place where you should go and why you would think that would be important. But I don't know. I just feel like fans and, and gamers uh, need to maybe relax sometimes and just wait for people to to create the things that they want to create. If there's, yeah. like, controversy behind it, maybe it's a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I mean, I I don't, I guess, I don't know. I have complicated feelings about it. Because, again, too, like, in this big, huge Reddit post that he put up, he even talks about the fact that, like, where is it? Um, oh, here it is. So there's another quote from this that says, I just don't see the news in or the news value in this particular nugget as much as people might want to know what Rocksteady is making. The only argument in my head in favor of sharing it is that the video game industry's marketing-driven culture of silence is asinine and that there's absolutely no harm in companies just talking about what they're doing instead of acting like they're guarding military secrets. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know. I feel feel bad because I feel like I'm not being as compassionate as maybe I perhaps could be. But, like, when leaks happen, they happen because someone from inside the company said something. Mm -hmm. So, like, or usually, at least, right? Like, I'm not an invest, you know, like, I'm not an entrenched investigative journalist. So maybe there are other ways that people find things out. But I think usually it's from a source. And so it's hard for me to be like, okay, well, someone on your team wanted to do this. So. Yeah. You know, and plus, like, you don't, I don't think you owe companies anything. Like. If you don't have people who are respecting your NDAs and shit, that's kind of on you. But again, like, I just don't think it's interesting. Like, I don't think there's... I don't think it's worth spending time on because I don't think it's interesting to find out. Like, I think it is more fun to find out from Rocksteady themselves just because they've been, like, keeping their heads down about it. Um... And have even been kind of, like, snapping at people a little bit, like, in a nice professional way, but, but you know, continuously saying, like, no, we're not going to be at this show. No, we're not going to be at this show. No, we're not going to be at this show. Um, so I don't know. It's just complicated to me because I'm, like, I think it's just boring, but also, like, I get why people do it because, like, Jesse brought up Laura Kate Dale. Like, she made a career out of this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, I don't. I don't have feelings on it because I'm not even that familiar with what, like, her Nintendo leaks other than, like, some vague stuff that I've seen her talk about. But, like, she got a career based on that journalism. So, like, I get why if you had the shot, you would take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funky subject because it's just, like, it's bad, but, like, you understand. And uh, it's, it's really weird for me. I think, let's see, what's a game that's coming out that everyone really likes? Uh, let's say uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, if something leaked out of it and, like, anything came out, I personally can't check that stuff out because I feel so guilty and I feel like I'm getting my hands dirty. So I, I personally don't listen to any leaked stuff. I don't know if you guys also, like, feel the same about that. No, I totally, and, like, I think that's part of it, too, is, like, I do feel that way. It's like... 
Okay, this is like a horrible maybe comparison, but honestly, it feels the same to me. It's like if like a celebrity has like nude photos leak, like, you know, that shit's messed up. You don't look at it. You know what I mean? And like, that's kind of how I feel about it, too, is it's like this is their like, I mean, it's different. It's less extreme, but like this is their private thing. Like, I don't really want to be a part of it. Like, I, yeah, they're I not want, ready to show it. Yeah. Like, I would like to see like what they want me to see unless they're like hiding something super fucked up you know what i mean like when it comes to something like you know weeks before red dead you know coming out people being like hey super questionable uh labor practices going on like that's the stuff that i care about but like when it comes to or even if there's like just really like really shitty bad things in the games like if there's something that's going to prevent me from wanting to actually like give them money or like there's something unethical happening like that's that's the stuff that i care about but like when it's just like hey, we're going to reveal everything that happens beforehand or we're going to – I don't – like, it's just not not for me. I don't know. I think that's maybe a little bit extreme of a comparison, <laughs> I'm going to say. It just feels like an invasion um, of privacy to me. I don't know. I don't think that you get privacy as a huge multi-billion dollar company, which but I guess there's indi- a difference between devs, but, like, ultimately, like, if you work at a big company like that, you're part of it. I get that, but a company inherently is, like, also just a bunch of people. And I feel like to a certain point, like, there's a whole bunch of people who, like, their work and something that they, like, that, like, the artists, like, the people who who wrote the, the, like, all of these people are having something that they were, like, really excited and, like, really cared about, like, just exposed. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but, like, I don't know. If you work in AAA, you have to know that that's a risk at this point. Like, it's not a secret. And also, like ultimately like it's still gonna come out people are still gonna see it i don't know it's just like i don't i just like it's a weird subject it's so Mm -hmm. weird i I just don't think it's bad Mm. i don't think it's morally wrong or anything like that like i get why if you were i absolutely get like why if you were a dev and your shit got leaked I 100% get why you would be disappointed. Yeah, but, but no one's, like, dying. Time, is it, like... Well, yeah, like, no one is dying. Like, it's a bummer, but I think that's kind of the most I can express towards that. Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah. like, it's not... It's not that big of a deal, ultimately. Because, like, people are gonna, like, yeah, you lose out on, like, the Gatorade hype moment or whatever, but, like... Is that going to stop anyone from buying your game unless the leak proves that your game is kind of shitty? True. Like, true. You know what I mean? And, like, again, like, I don't... I would feel worse if it was, like, a smaller dev who happened to, like, get some traction in the news and then stuff came out. I would feel worse for them. But because ultimately I feel like if you're someone who's working at a AAA studio, like, you're kind of used to, like, making trade-offs for shit because, like, you have to. So I think leaks are kind of just another one of those trade-offs. Um, and if I'm super, super off base and, like, someone who's listening knows more about, like, dev stuff and wants to, like, tell me why I'm incorrect, like, absolutely please let me know. But You see, I think, like, the thing with this is, like, there really is no correct because it just ultimately comes down to, like... I don't know. It's just, it's, I can see it either way. Like, I really, really can. Like, I, I can listen to you say that and I 100% get where you're coming from. And, like, what's so funny is, like, I'm one of those people when I go in to see a movie, like, I really don't care about spoilers. And, like, I'll even tell people, I'm like, you know, like, the thing with spoilers is, like, if it's a good movie, it doesn't matter. 
You know what I mean? Like it's still gonna be just as good. Like it, it's you yeah. know like it's it's not like it ruins like that initial like shock or like that wow factor. But like it's still gonna be just as good. There are movies that are my favorite movies that do have like twists and turns. And guess what? I've watched them forty times and they're still just as good. But it's for me. I guess it's just like I, I just empathize with people who like not not really the companies or the higher ups or or you know but the the people who who did spend like two three years like you know designing everything writing everything creating these characters creating this story and then for something to happen to where it's like they just kind of like lose like any sort of control over that yeah it's recoverable but like does it fucking suck yeah it really sucks and for what for you know five minutes of people talking about it on the internet before they that's kind of the same thing that happens when stuff gets revealed in their own time though right like either way it's five minutes of people talking about it you know but i just feel like if you get to hang on to it to the point in which you're ready it makes it feel better (laughs) you know i don't don't know i mean i guess i don't know i just don't really see what you're losing aside from again like that gatorade hype moment which like for most companies anymore doesn't even fucking happen like, as much as people like games, people are also incredibly skeptical of most of the big companies. So, like, what if your big surprise sucks and you don't realize it? Like, yeah. I you don't know. Fallout, I just have a... Or not Fallout. Um, Diablo moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... People just turn. Well, and too, like, Battlefield, like, I mean, not the women on the cover or whatever thing, but just, like, people actually playing Battlefield are now kind of, like, shrug emoticon. And it's like, wouldn't, I don't know, past a certain point, sometimes I think maybe you'd rather have the the press of like, oh, look at this cool thing that got leaked versus like, hey, we actually tried this game and it kind of sucks or is like incredibly average. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't, I, I 100% understand why it would be disappointing to have that moment taken away from you. But also like, people are going to kind of find out regardless so I don't know. I just struggle with that. I guess. May I feel like I'm just like maybe a controlling person. I don't know. <laughs> it's like for me, like I would, <laughs> I, I would like, I would want that. You know, like if I'm like writing a book or like working on a movie or, or even doing like a new podcast project. Like if somebody comes along like two weeks before and is like, oh yeah, and Jessica's doing this, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, that was my news to share. Like I don't know. It's it's so it's I like from that perspective, like it would. It would annoy me a little bit, but like I mean, like I said, I mean, you get over it. It's recoverable. It doesn't. And ultimately, I feel like this is like when you're talking about like real hard hitting issues. Like this is not maybe one of them necessarily. I feel like you could like yeah. I mean, especially people who are more involved in the industry than us. Like could obviously get into a much like deeper conversation and and like kind of go places maybe we can't. But like you know. It's I, I see it both ways. I just think like it would really suck, and and that's well, kind of this is also so funny coming from you because you were the fucking worst at keeping. Secrets. I know, I really am. I think the other aspect of this too is um, though like because because Sam's example kind of got me thinking like Kingdom Hearts three is a game that I've been waiting my entire fucking life for. It's fourteen years, dude. We've been waiting that for fourteen fucking years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. A whole but... kid in middle school or like in high school is like has been created from that. That's so fucking wild. <laughs> That's fucked up. But, like, <laughs> I have not watched any Kingdom Hearts 3 trailers beyond the first one that they did. Um, Like, the most... Or, I guess, like, the one that they did at E3, like, two years ago. Yes. That was, like, the, like, hey, bitch, this is real That's trailer. the only one that I watched, too. 
I actually yeah. haven't watched any of the others. And, like, I haven't watched any of the others. And, like, if Monty, or if, sorry, if Sam's example were to happen in real life and someone leaked a bunch of shit from, like, Kingdom Hearts 3, I just, like, wouldn't read it. And, like, that's the other aspect of it, too, is, like, even if you report it, like, your audience doesn't have to read it. Yeah. There's no obligation, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I've been I've been doing that like same thing. Like I am very excited for this game to come out. Like me and my brother are gonna play this together. Um, the only things I've been catching up with is like the trailers that they come out with. Like the newest one has like Zemnus being beautiful and it's great. <laughs> of fucking course. <laughs> but <Shocker>. like, <laughs> but like, if anything on like theories and articles and like anything like that like I just keep away from because it's just like I never know what I'm gonna read I don't want expectations like I just want to see these really fun like videos but yeah like I can I can agree with you on that Mm. yeah I mean you it's it ultimately always comes down to like your personal choice like it's very easy to avoid things if you do not wish to partake in them or be exposed to them like it's fairly easy so I don't know games are weird ethics are weird games are bad and so are (laughs) gamers they should just all go to prison and we wouldn't have to deal with this honestly should should gamers have rights (laughs) I've definitely seen that tweet and I always retweet it because it's so fucking funny it is very funny so kind of like related to what we've been talking about with like the ethics Stuff and kind of moving away from leaks, but like ethics and games journalism generally. Um, on the newest episode, not the newest anymore, it's not the newest, um, because podcasts keep coming out. Um, let we me never actually stop. fucking look at this number to make sure I know what <laughs> we're talking about. So, episode 207 of Waypoint Radio. At approximately one hour, 12 minutes, and 29 seconds, they start talking about um, the kind of funny game showcase that happened this past weekend. And it was in the future when they were talking about it, but it just happened this past weekend uh, at the moment that we're recording this. And so they were kind of talking about, like, if you don't want to listen to it or haven't or whatever. So the basic conversation was uh, the kind of funny uh, Tim and Greg basically put together a whole big showcase of like 69 games uh, as a replacement for the announcements that kind of come from like PSX and those sorts of things, um, which is timely because PSX got canceled and then uh, PlayStation pulled out of E3. Um, So they decided to do this as kind of a way to like give games a stage to be on since those some of those stages are getting kind of pulled out um and so Austin Walker was talking about how it's kind of weird like it's a weird position to be in because in theory Tim and Greg and kind of funny generally are like an outlet and so they're going to eventually be covering these games and so like what does that mean if you Mm -hmm. are the one who debuted it on a show if you then have to cover it and like to how well and he was talking too about like because kind of funny is fan funded and he thinks like a lot of media and like a lot of things in general are going to be more like fan and community funded like what does that mean as far as like what's expected of you for disclosures and stuff like that and I thought that was like a really interesting thing that I hadn't thought about especially in reference to the showcase but also just kind of in general 
No, I mean, it's it's a, an incredibly interesting topic. And it's like it kind of goes back to, I think, one of the first things I said when we started talking about um, our first segment. Um, and that's there's a huge difference between journalism and public relations. And for that showcase, Kind of Funny became essentially a public relations like agency. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what they were doing. And it's interesting because it's like now you have and I'm not trying to like, you know, throw any like it's unethical like stuff out here. But Greg is dating some uh, or not dating. He's married to uh, a game dev. <laughs> Marriage is just dating forever, right? <laughs> okay, I just got married and I say he's my boyfriend constantly. So, you know, it's just it's just a piece of paper, right? <laughs> but no, um, no, he's married to a game dev and you have people like uh, Andrea and What's Good Games who's married to a game dev. And- oh, well, and even more interesting not just game devs but PR people both yes. of those people are specifically video games PR people yes yes they mm. work for the development team as as public relations so it's a sense of pattern yeah so it's kind of like it's interesting you know it's it's weird and like you said I mean there I'm sure that the kind of funny team is going to be revisiting all of those games and playing them and reviewing them and to have those games as part of a showcase, you know that they had to have been talking to the, you know, the different developers and, and you know, being like, hey, do you want to do this? And well, and it, they had to choose those games yeah, too, right? To Which means them. there are probably games that they said no to. Yeah. And so you have to wonder what that process looks like too. Yeah, no, exactly. I didn't even think about that, but absolutely. I don't know. It's weird. You know, it's it's a weird place to be. And I think it's, as much as I like what they did, it's, hard because i feel like kind of going down that path boldly can lead to scary places yeah so well okay so elaborate on that a little bit more jess because i'm interested to see what like what you think that looks like i guess i mean i think it when you become too close to any sort of creator i mean you're naturally going to gravitate and like their products more you know it it almost becomes Mm -hmm you almost reach a point where you become advertising. Yeah, I could definitely see that, especially because, like, when they introduced the new Mike Bithell game, they talked about the fact that, like, they have a special relationship with Mike Bithell. Like, he was the first dev who supported them going on their own, apparently, which mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means, but sure. Um, and so I, I guess just, like, breaking away from IGN. Well, yeah, but I mean, I get, I don't know. I guess yeah. what, like, hey, you can do it on Twitter. What does that really mean? Um... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at any rate, they they specifically, because that was one of the, like, I caught, like, maybe 10 minutes of it because I had to record my other uh, podcast, so I missed it. But I did see that part where they showed Quarantine Circular, um, and they, they specifically said that in the intro, like, mm-hmm. that they had a special relationship with Mike Bethel. So, like, how does that and work it's, then? It's hard because, like, I think there's such a, an emphasis and a good emphasis on uh, we need to lift up our friends. Like, if your friends are content creators, support your friends, promote your friends. Like, and, like, that's obviously very true. Like, you should. But at the same time, it's just, I don't know. There are people who, who look at kind of funny as maybe games journalism and to, like, and they kind of are, but they kind of aren't. They're kind of like a hybrid. You know what I mean? And... Yeah, it's interesting. 
Yeah, I my mean, brain is still thinking. It's like processing all I'm trying to like say right now. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, it's interesting because you said a lot of the stuff that they kind of said on uh, Waypoint Radio, where like, because Patrick was talking about the fact that like by doing this kind of funny is doing advocacy work in a different way than like what Waypoint does, where Waypoint is like, hey, we're going to talk about labor and all this stuff, whereas yeah. kind of funny is being like, oh, hey, we're going to use our platform to provide a place for all these games, like all these indie games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's correct and accurate, but I do, I I am deeply, deeply curious to see what the process of picking those games looked like. Mm-hmm. Because on Twitter and stuff, it definitely made it seem like, hey, do you have a game? If you have a trailer, like, fucking come on over. But it couldn't, it could not have been that. It could not have just been that. It'd almost so, be interesting, like, just to, like, to hear this from them. You know what I mean? Like, because it's not even, like, it's not like I feel like you're asking this in any way that's supposed to be, like, antagonizing. It's just, like, what did that look like? Like, just some transparency into that process because well, yeah. it could be concerning, you know? And I mean, I mean, like... I'm not trying to call anybody out or be aggressive, but at the same time, like, I don't trust a couple of white dudes to be picking the best games or, like, the most diverse games possible, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because, like, half of the games on that showcase, like, were just, like, kind of, like, like, there was, like, a game that was, like, a Rocket League clone. See, I actually, I didn't watch the showcase because I was at work the entire time. I watched, like, bits and pieces of it because I know, like, there were a couple people I'm friends with who were, like, featured in it and I wanted to see them in it, but. Yeah, so, I mean, I just, I'm very, very curious what that selection process looks like. Mm -hmm. And then, too, I do think the fan-funded community stuff is really interesting as far as, like, what do you expect? Because I don't think that people expect Greg and Tim and them beyond being, like, Greg being like, I'm a, everyone knows I'm a PlayStation fanboy, but, like, other than that, I don't feel like they really do much beyond, like, disclaimers of being like, oh, hey, we know this dev or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like, and they even talked about this on Waypoint, too, of, like, what's expected of a Waypoint or a Kotaku or an IGN, especially, like, with IGN's parent company now owning Humble, like they had to put out that big huge disclaimer and say like hey we're not we're gonna hire freelancers to do these like reviews and all this shit and it's like I don't think that that would be the case for kind of funny or giant bomb or like any of those Mm -hmm. more fan-funded outlets and so it's interesting to think about those aspects and kind of I guess like I don't know what to expect from them Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's hard to I'm like trying like the whole time I've been quiet I've been like trying to think of like what is kind of funny's brand? What exactly do they do? And it's like they just do they just dabble in a lot of stuff. And it's hard to like just expect anything cuz it's just so much. It's it's like I said it's kind of like a weird hybrid and that's kind of I think what a lot of people involved in games kind of gravitate toward doing because like there's just so many things you can do. Like it's it's hard to just be like a podcast because usually it's like there's a podcast and there's a site and then there's uh, on the site they post, you know, written things and then there might be YouTube videos and then maybe one of the people who works for that does cosplay and one, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's never mm-hmm. just like one thing. Everything is so multifaceted now. And that's part of this whole thing where like y- you have to be like kind of the best and you have to dabble in everything and, and you have to you have to keep up. Uh, and so I think that that, and also like let's plays, like let's plays are a huge thing. Like, I don't feel like you really have, 
I don't know. Anyway, that's you guys get what I'm trying to say. But everything's yeah. kind of a hybrid of a hybrid of a hybrid right now. Um, I don't well, know. And I mean, too, apparently, like, I was going to sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Josh. no, I was just going to throw this to um, Andrew actually just texted me because he's overheard the conversation. And apparently on the episode of Game Over Greggy that they released before the showcase, they actually talk about the ethics of choosing the games. Oh, cool. OK, so that's we'll something to... that maybe we should we should watch. And maybe next time we talk, like take a five minute, just like talk about that maybe yeah okay, that's cool. a good idea yeah, yeah i didn't know yeah. i didn't know he yeah i missed that because i don't really listen to their podcast anymore also weird that they did it on game over greggy of all their yeah, shows it's kind of a weird topic. like weird like, that they weird. weren't like on the kind like on the friday episode of kfgd being like which is their video game show mm-hmm. being like hey this is how this is how ethics and our our game showcase are going to go mm-hmm. um but yeah, that's a good idea for sure. Yeah. Um but well, and too, I mean, going off what you're saying, Jess, like I think people are diversified because like being enthusiast press is more fun and more attractive. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's I think people like kind of funny because it's like I don't want to sound dismissive or mean, but it's like popcorn. Yeah. Like, no, oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah. the they're the Avengers movies of games, space. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's what kind of got me into kind of funny. It's just like kind of like the really spunky personalities and how different it's they seemed from like other video game news outlets or just like anything else. Like IGN's really fun, but it was really hard to kind of just follow up with them because it's still. It felt like it felt like very like worky environment sort of thing. It's and- not as personable, and I mean that's the whole thing. Like kind of funny. That's kind of funny's brand. They know that. That's why they call the people who listen to them best friends. Like, and I'm not just saying it in like this cold way. Where like, oh, it's this calculated thing where they they like they're playing. You know, like they're they're manipulating people. And if you like, no, I there's genuine love there. But it's like that's their brand. Their brand is to be personable. They're they're people who talk about things that you're interested in in a way that makes it seem like you're having drinks with friends you know so yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's that's definitely like what brought me and it's like oh wow look there's, there's people here and it's 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 friendly yeah but well, see, it's yeah. funny because that's what ended up like i mean there are a lot of things that made me kind of exit that uh that interest and that that community space mm-hmm. um but the community space i do believe is different from the content not to say that like they're separate because they're not and I think that they're not accountable enough for what happens in their community but um I think that the tone of the content is different from what happens in the community I guess is what I'm saying um but like I got to a point where I wanted if I was going to be listening to video game stuff and talk about video game stuff like I wanted it to be something more than just like wow, I really love God of War. It was so great. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Everyone's saying that. It's boring to me. So I did kind of want, like, those more want, critical conversations. Want wanted more, more meat. More meat. Well, I, wa- I want criticism is what I want. And that's not what Kind of Funny is. But that's also, like, what makes Kind of Funny money. So I get it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's hard, you know, and I feel like I'm one of those people who, like, I'm very on the fence. It's very hard for me to – I think that I, – I don't know. I feel like when there are stakes in something, mm-hmm. 
then I can criticize and I can I can have that mindset. And like, I mean, that's why I'll be one of the first people to talk about how I think that Rockstar is a fucking shitty company, <laughs> you know, and like I don't I don't have any problem saying that. And there are a lot of other companies that do some pretty shady shit, too. Uh, but I don't know. It's it, I don't know. I don't, it's like, for instance, I liked God of War. I think there are problems with it, but like, I liked God of War. And I don't think that I'm one of those people who necessarily tires from like positivity and, and, and people, you know, and like that, that sort of yeah. environment. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean, like, preferences on what kind of media you consume are like also a totally different thing, but it does tie into the fact that like the way that digital media is going is leaning towards these fan-built communities and so it is hard i think when fan-built communities for more mainstream folks can thrive and then like there are a lot of smaller creators who get support and stuff like that but they'll never have that level of support and i think that brings in i think that brings a lot of the questions of ethics with it too as far as like Because, like, Tim and Greg from Kind of Funny can do hosting, and they do, and, like, they did it for the Final Fantasy XV thing, and, like, I don't know. It just, it it feels weird, like, a double-edged sword, because they get opportunities that are, in theory, cool and interesting, but then, like, how does that tie into what they do and what they think and what they have to say and, like, what they have, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. It's a weird thing. And it's weird, too, because when, with community funding, I mean everybody is part of the community it's not just you know you can make devs into fans and like then you have people whose products Mm -hmm. you're reviewing lining your pocket and it gets into like this weird political kind of uh situation well and even the whole greg miller as shirtless spider-man thing Mm -hmm. where the man is in the fucking game technically now Oh, like, I mean, how many games has he been in? And, like, what's so funny is I remember when Jessica Chobot voiced uh, the reporter whose name I cannot remember right now in Mass Effect. People fucking freaked out. Even is though she, she the reporter you punch? Yeah. I don't know that lady's name. I just know I fucking punched her. I didn't know that was Jessica Chobot. Yeah, Jessica Chobot did the voice of the reporter in Mass Effect. And uh, people freaked out even though she didn't review the game. I think mm-hmm. I don't know if she was doing daily fix at that point. She probably was because I think that she did that for most of the time she was there. Um, but well, it probably had to be right before she left, right? It was it, yeah. It wasn't too uh, too long before she went to Nerdist. But uh, people freaked out about that because she was in a game, and it's like look at I don't know. That's just like that's like Alana Pierce is announcing this week uh, the first game that she's voice acting in. Uh, you have people from. Like Rooster Teeth, who do a lot of voice acting, and you have Greg, mm-hmm. who's in how many different games? I mean, they just announced in Guacamelee too that Greg and Portillo are characters. Yeah. So it's like the relation between them is—it's weird. Yeah. Well, and I guess where the line gets blurrier for me is like I can see, I can see folks doing voice acting because it's like a paid gig or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You would assume. But the thing that weirds me out is when devs like are putting. Like the like the Shirley Spider Man thing again. Like that's like yeah. They they did that for free basically, right? And he did a bunch of free advertising for that game basically. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like is it what I don't even remember what day it was, but the whole like every day I'm gonna take a shirtless Spider Man picture and yeah. is it whatever Spider Man's release date yet? Like that was just like a free ad campaign that he did for that fucking game. Mm-hmm. Like and it was huge too. Yeah, and it's fucking weird. Like that's a 
like that's using your personal in theory right because like twitter's weird as far as like if your public profile is really yours mm-hmm. but in theory technically greg's miller's pro pri- like public twitter profile is his because it's not the kind of funny one like mm-hmm. so he was using his own fucking personal twitter account to do that shit Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, it's just, it, it makes me kind of uncomfortable, but also, again, it's, like, weird enthusiast press, but I don't know why that's less legit, other than, like, I personally don't find it to be as worthwhile, but that's not, like, a real answer. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, because I think that ultimately what's, con- not ultimately what's concerning, but something that's concerning is, it's just, like, you have to kind of bank on people doing the right thing you know what i mean you have to Mm -hmm. bank on the idea that greg miller is a really good person and him doing this is just fun for him and there's nothing malicious or weird about it and like and you have to kind of go along with that idea and i'm not saying that's not true and like it's i i go along with that idea you know what i mean but at the same time is like there's ways like people can contort that and like i said i mean when you have when you're supporting devs like they are and promoting them and acting as advertising essentially they're the ones who can go and turn around and put money in your GoFund or not GoFundMe uh, your Patreon Patreon it's like and it kind of also is like that a little bit with like I feel like there's kind of a weird relationship with different companies and like celebrities and cashing in on that mm-hmm. and using celebrity status to kind of. Get yeah, money there's and a fans aspect and, of that, yeah. too. Well, and I think you're totally right, especially because I'm thinking, too, like, Greg has already had this situation happen because it's not a game dev, but, like, he was super, super buddy-buddy with Max Landis mm-hmm. and used his platform to promote Max Landis, mm-hmm. and then everybody found out that Max Landis is a piece of shit, and, like, I don't know that Greg faced that many ramifications for it. I don't even, like, I know he kind of talked about it a little bit in, like, a game over Greggy for, like, a second. But, like, y- like you used your platform to, like, up your friend who turned out to be an abuser. And, like, what the fuck do you do now? Yeah. Like, especially because he, d- like, to my knowledge, he didn't say anything other than, like, I didn't know that he was this shitty. Yeah. Like. So what happens when fucking Insomniac gets investigated for sexual harassment? Yeah. Or for crunch or yeah. for any other fucking horrible thing? Like No, I mean you- it's it's so easy and so overdone to uh take all the horrible shit and just sweep it under a rug in games media and it's so frustrating especially to to people of color, to women. I mean like look at um what Naughty Dog Mm-hmm. Naughty Dogs, that happened. Um, oh, there's a million others I just can't even think. Oh, uh, Nerdist with Chris Hardwick. That oh, guy still oh, yeah. fucking has his TV shows. Yeah. They, didn't they, like, put all... They took all the shit involving him, like, down for a while, and then isn't it all back up? They put him on leave and then brought him back. It's just... It's, like... I don't know. Because, like, they investigated it and found that it was fine or whatever, I guess. Oh, my God. It's... What doesn't help, too, is, like, the people who follow these companies and have an attachment to the games or the articles or, like, whatever they've done, they'll, like, excuse this shit. They'll be like, oh, well, this was, like, one time. Or, like, we didn't know it was a shitty, but I'm still going to continue to support because I can separate, like, their art from, like, them. And it's just like, no, this isn't how it works. 
I just sincerely hope that I would have like the moral fiber to where if I found out that someone I knew did something harmful to someone else I could cut that off like and I think that I like I just obviously I want to say right now like I just think I obviously would like I just can't imagine like being around those kinds of people and like I just so it just confuses me when people ignore that shit or just uh I don't know yeah it's in some weird warped way it's it's hard and like it's hard, it's hard personally already, like, if you find out that someone in your life is shitty. Mm-hmm. And, like, you should deal with that and you should 100% be like, nah, this person is shitty. Mm-hmm. And, like, do what you need, you can and need to do to, like, deal with that. But then, yeah. like, when your business is involved, when your public persona is involved, like, I don't understand how you deal with that in a way that you're, like, and most people don't, like, right? Like, most people fuck it up. Mm-hmm. But, like just you shouldn't have to put yourself in that position in the first place right like that's where like the ethics and fucking guidelines and ideas should come in and i i hate any form of system that's like well you just have to hope that people are good because like a lot of time people fucking aren't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and sometimes people are bad without meaning to be Mm -hmm. absolutely this stuff this stuff is uh so from quiet it's just like thinking about this sort of stuff is just like so upsetting because it just it happens all the time it's it's every month it's every year and like nothing really goes on about it like no one really is is held up with consequences about it they're always brought back or they always have like these dumb people uh, i'm not gonna say that these uh these gamers <laughs> uh just kind of defend them well, it's, like, it's so funny because, like, you said that and it sounded almost word for word for, like, something that I was talking, uh, like, a conversation I had with Moises, like, a month and a half ago. And I remember saying, like, it's just so frustrating that this happens literally every month and then within a week people for- completely forget about it and move on and there's no lasting consequences. And, like, it's so true that here I am a month and a half later and I'm like, man, what was the topic that time? Yeah. Like, I can't remember it because it just – life moves on and we fucking – move past it and ignore it and it sucks you know i'm pretty sure actually that conversation was about red dead and was about the crunch uh that they had before the release i think that's what we were talking about but it sucks yeah it's frustrating again all gamers should just go to prison (laughs) should gamers have (laughs) rights that's that's the topic tonight (laughs) well and i think i i've been thinking about it too like again tied back to that conversation they had on waypoint radio where like austin was talking about the fact that because they are under a parent company because they're under vice right like they yeah they they do funding through that company and through like other company sponsorships and so it's interesting because he was like if we wanted to have a big end of the year package and we got funding through coke we would have to measure up to a bunch of numbers that we did not create like they create those numbers And so then it's interesting, like, what are the ethics there? Mm -hmm. Like, because these big sites are kind of at the beck and call of, like, advertisers and stuff. And especially, I can't remember what the statistic was that they said, but Facebook and Google get, like, 80-something percent of all the ads and, like, traffic on sites. So, like, how do you 
deal with that without having to like fuck around with SEO and like kind of be at the beck and call of those things. Like not that they're killing stories or anything, but like you are kind of at the beck and call of clicks. So like if that's what you're publishing, like how, I guess how authentic and real is your journalism in that way? Yeah, it just, and you know, this, I feel like it's actually kind of a good way to tie this all up because we were just talking about kind of the implications with having a community funded project or podcast, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're kind of talking about, okay, well, the opposite is people are paid because I mean, people need to get paid. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like journalists need to get paid. So it's like the opposite is, is ad revenue. And then it's like a direct connection with advertisers. So it's like it's it's just kind of a unavoidable problem. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's like not that And sorry. I would I would lean towards community funding being better than, you know, advertisements. So but obviously when you get to a certain certain level when you reach a certain amount of power and influence uh (laughs) the morality of it all slowly starts to decline you know yeah well and i think you're just it just i guess it just depends on what kind of leash you want to be on Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's it's just because i know that like waypoint has even talked about the fact that like their editorial and podcasting and stuff has changed recently because like their podcast their gaming podcast was the best like the number one gaming podcast and so vice was like make more podcasts yeah like so and like their podcasts are good and worthwhile and interesting and like i think the fact that they're gonna do like more game of the year podcasts instead of editorial so people can like go home for the holidays is cool and good mm-hmm but also, like, I don't know, I feel like you have a team of strong writers who now will only get to write, like, one or two pieces a week is, like, questionable. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Everything's a double-edged, or double-aged, what? Double-edged uh, blade. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, like, too, not, like, obviously, like, Waypoint is, like, my favorite gaming vertical. Like, I'm not saying they're not ethical for taking corporate money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting as to, like, what, where are your limits and boundaries based on that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing in any way, like any sort of funding that you choose is just transparency, you know, it's just being honest with the people who support you. As long as you do that, you know, you feel comfortable having that conversation and being honest, being open about it. Yeah, for sure. Makes me trust you more for sure. You got anything else, Sam? Uh, I'm trying not to die and cough. Sorry if I'm being super, super quiet. But, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think, for me, personally, if I were ever to have, like, a big platform, um, when it comes to advertising and community funding, I think community funding is a lot better. And I agree with what you said, Caitlin. It's just, like, what kind of... Or, Jess, but, like, it kind of depends on, like, the leash that you want to be on. Um, I think that's kind of, like, the, the drive... Mm-hmm. for where, like, these platforms want to go into the future. Yeah. So I think I think we done did a show. Uh, Jess, do you want to do our shout-out for the day? Absolutely. So the person that I wanted to shout-out this week is Emily Grace Buck, which uh, you can follow her at or on Twitter at Emily Buckshot, uh, spelled E-M-I-L-Y-B-U-C-K-S-H-O-T. Uh, and so she 
is formerly a Telltale, Telltale employee. Uh, and when the company was dissolved, uh, she was one of the people who kind of came forth, I guess, very, very quickly about what was going on. Uh, just very, to use that word I've used a few times this episode, just transparent. Um, and just very just an advocate for unions and advocate for uh better regulations in the game industry as a whole um severance and on top of that she now tweets a lot about like just how to get involved in the games industry especially like if you're a woman or a person of color or uh you don't know what to do or where to start um so she's kind of a cool resource and just a unique perspective to have and i like following her a lot so that's who i'm gonna shout out perfect all right, and uh, since we've got you on mic anyway, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Jess? People can find me on Twitter at Jessicogs, and that is J-E-S-S-A-C-O-G-S. Perfect. And Sam? Uh, you guys can find me at 3DSBoy, T-H-R-E-E-D-S-B-O-Y. I almost said boy. I was like, okay, that's not how you spell it. Uh, <laughs> that's the same thing on my Instagram and my Twitch. Hell yeah. And you can find me, my personal, at CG and 8Rs. You can find the Twitter for Your Geeky Gal Pal at Your Geeky Gal Pal on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all of that jazz. And since we are still a relatively new show, uh, please rate and review. Like we said at the beginning of the show, if you leave us a nice review, we will probably read it on the show and that'll be cool. Um, but it does really, really help, um, spreads visibility, helps people find out about us, helps get more folks to pal around with. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, we will be back next time with our game of the year episode and it'll be interesting and cool and probably not what you expect. It's going to be wild. Oh, can't wait. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's going to do it for us. Bye. Bye-bye. Jess, you just waved. It's an audio show. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, I did that, and then I was like, wait. <laughs> oh, I love it. I Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Hello and welcome to Bed Bath & Bionicle, a show where I call Joe, my friend, Hi. at 7am my time and talk to them about the wonderful world of Bionicle. Let's mm. go through a quick quiz, Joe. Mm. Um, tell me, any member of the Toa Mata. Uh, is that the first one? It's the first one. Uh, Kopaka. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <coughs> Potato. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go, that's two. Taco Nuva. You can find more of this riveting information over at Bed Bath & Bionicle Nirvana. on your local podcast app. That's not, it's a band! <laughs> Eric, every Monday, check us out. I'm so sleepy. <laughs>